0: Certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Heather were so excited. So were Jay and Megan. They had the big day circled on their calendar months in advance, and they had been counting down the days until the big event. They felt like they were ready. So Danny and Heather picked out their best hipster clothing, complete with vintage t-shirts and tight skinny jeans. Oh, and best of all, little sweet Susie had a perfectly cute dress. Her perfectly cute Christmas dress covered in more sequins and glitter than a Michael store could carry. Jay and Megan were much the same. They threw on their new threads from Macy's and they made sure that Tiny Tommy was all decked out to the nines in his brand new mini three-piece suit, complete with Marvel Avengers bow tie. Oh yes, they were ready for the preschool Christmas service. There was some uncertainty with this, though. You see, Danny and Heather nicely fit into that category of late millennials slash early generation Z 26-year-olds, which means they classify in this rising category in America called the nuns, meaning they have no spiritual affiliation at all. They were a bit anxious about going to this service. They had never done church before, as they say in their words. Jay and Megan were kind of the same. They classify themselves as Christians, but but really only in name. They actually hadn't been to church since their parents last forced them to go back in high school. But no matter, it was all about this big day, all about the big event and the precious little ones. And so, sure enough, the event came and the moment came when sweet Susie and tiny Tommy stood up with their class, and they belted out their portions of Luke chapter 2, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, and they were terrified. Oh, and the congregation laughed, and the parents beamed with joy, their hearts melted. But then, then came the most anticipated moment of them all the singing suddenly a flock of ipads and iphones flew into the sky and flashes went off like it's the kickoff for the super bowl and then then there came from those precious little cherubs the strangest thing nails spear shall pierce him through the cross he'll bear for me for you say what Danny and Heather peered down the pew to look at Jay and Megan and exchanged looks of utter disbelief. What is this? I mean, I thought we were going to hear songs here about a figgy pudding or a cute little nativity scene or maybe that old silent night thing. You know, the kind of stuff you can record and put on Instagram for your friends. But this violence, infanticide, death, what kind of church is this? What child is this? I think this is the kind of thing the Apostle Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2. Do you know those chapters? This is where Paul says that the message of the cross is foolishness to the world. And if you're talking about the message of the cross, you're really talking about the whole story of Jesus. The world just doesn't get it. So what happens? Well, over time, this day that's set aside for worship, for the service, for the mass of Christ, Christmas, morphs into all kinds of other things. Like you can drive down Candy Cane Lane and you see a glowing nativity set cast in the shadows of the giant inflatable Santa and Rudolph. And businesses push out earlier and earlier and earlier their big deals and their sales and the lights and the decorations all so they can make a buck or two or two billion off of this Christmas Day. And speaking of business and money, we could go all the way back to Germany where perhaps even at the hands of Martin Luther himself, encouragement was given not to give gifts on the day of St. Nicholas, who, by the way, was a real person and a pastor in the 300s A.D., but instead to give gifts on the day of the greatest gift, the Christ child, or in German, the Christkind. But over time, what has become of the Christkind? It's become the Christkindle market, where you can sip on your cocoa and have warm, fuzzy, Christmassy feelings on the inside and buy all kinds of toys and trinkets. Or speaking of Europe, did you hear the news about London this last week? There's a school in London that apparently changed the words of Away in a Manger because the little boy Jesus is much more tolerable than the little Lord Jesus. That's offensive. Or I can speak directly to my generation that knows the pop culture reference that has now become an exclamation of sorts, Sweet baby Jesus! Need I go on? The world doesn't understand. By attitudes, by actions, they all ask, what child is this? They they just don't get it. But do you? I wonder how many times in the last years have you peered into the manger with doubt and disappointment clouding your view? All you want is for that little baby to make everything better. After all, this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. This is when Christmas magic is in the air, and and you just want for once, for once, your life to turn out like Polar Express or one of those cheesy Hallmark movies. And yet you know what's coming. In three days, you're going to sit down for Christmas dinner. And there will be that empty chair. That chair once filled by the mainstay of your family for decades, but now empty because of a loved one you've lost. And this week you're going to be dishing out all kinds of gifts and and goodies and doling out your best holiday love and cheer only for the following week to be wishing you hadn't spent so much and wondering who's going to dish out the cash to pay off your credit card. And with money, how about your job? You've done this Christian thing for a while. You're pretty honest. You're pretty faithful. Probably a better worker than many of your other employees, but when are you going to catch a break? When are you going to get ahead in life? When are things going to shake out a little better for you? I mean, I don't need a cakewalk here, God, but can you just alleviate the pressure a little bit, Lord? Before you know it, Christmas cheer turns to Christmas fear. Will things ever get better? Will things ever work out well for me? What if I'm not happy at Christmas? Again. When is Jesus going to do something about this? Isn't this why he came? Isn't this what Christmas is all about? What child is this anyways? Oh, how quickly Satan will swoop in to pray on sinful, saddened, and suffering hearts and how quickly my sinful heart wants to buy into this rhetoric of the world that this is all nonsense, that the message of Jesus is just foolishness. That's why we pray today and at Christmas and really every day, Lord, give us, give me a humble, simple faith like that Of Mary and Joseph. Usually we hear a lot about Mary at Christmas. Today we have the chance to hear Joseph's side of the story from Matthew's account. It's really quite the impressive story. How many ways do you think that story could have gone astray? How many ways could Joseph's sinful heart have clouded and confused his thinking and totally ruined that situation? Here you have his new bride, his beautiful, wonderful wife he was madly in love love with, and he finds the news that she's pregnant, but he's not the father. Now, don't be confused by the, the phrasing in the Bible, they were pledged to be married. They weren't engaged like in our culture. They were actually married. They just hadn't finalized the Jewish custom of coming together yet as husband and wife and consummating the marriage. Joseph could have gone off on an enraged tirade and trashed his wife and publicly divorced her and disgraced her and quite honestly, the Jewish tradition and law might have called for that. And yet here you have this faithful man, a righteous man, the Bible describes, a patient man who ponders, what should I do? Who loves his wife so much that he wants to sort of sweep this under the table not to, not to shame her, but to publicly, to quietly, rather, divorce her. Until he gets this message from an angel of the Lord that says this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. How easily could this story have continued... And then Joseph woke up and thought, that's ridiculous. I'm not believing that. That was just a dream. How easily could Joseph have jumped in with all the skeptics of the world and thought, what? A virgin with a child from God? Is this some Greek or Roman God myth again? A child for her? A savior for all? Any and everything about this is foolishness to the world. Yes, foolishness to the world, but to the person of faith, it is the wisdom of God. And so look at how Joseph responded in faith. He woke up, no questions asked. He believed what God said and obeyed. He took Mary home to be his wife, but did not come together with her, didn't want to cause any confusion or cast a cloud over it, wondering, well, whose child is this really anyways? And then setting aside his fatherly right, I suppose you could say, of naming the child, this wasn't going to be Benjamin, Barr, Joseph, or Joseph Jr. He gave him the name that is above every name, whereby the Heavenly Father identified all the plans, purposes, and promises in one name, Jesus, Yeshua. The Lord saves, the Lord is salvation. Incredible faith from Joseph. And yet, this isn't really a story about Joseph. This is just another page of scripture, just another historical account, just another story about God's grace. You see, just as the Holy Spirit did the impossible and put inside the womb of a virgin a child, so also the Holy Spirit did the impossible and put inside the heart of a carpenter from Nazareth faith to believe it shattering his heart of sin. Do you see this? Do you understand the double miracle, the double mercy of Christmas? That first we stand back and we just marvel at at the manger, at the incarnation, that God would become human flesh. But then in grace upon grace, the Holy Spirit comes to you and gives you a faith to actually believe it's true. Amid a whole world full of skeptics who think this is foolishness. God has graced you with the faith to have simple trust like Joseph in these words of Matthew. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. A simple faith that trusts those words knows the answer to the question. What child is this? And when God's people know the answer to the question, they do some pretty strange things. Like Joseph, who did what was probably socially unacceptable with his newfound pregnant wife and believed what was humanly illogical about the child. The same is true with you. When you know the answer to the question, you do some pretty foolish things. And that's why your neighbor is scratching your head and thinking, "Wait, wait, 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 wait a second. You're going to church on Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday all in the same week? Don't you want a Christmas break?" And your coworker is confounded. "What do you mean? You care more about that baby in the manger than your baby or grandbaby sitting on Santa's lap?" And the country doesn't get it either. A country filled with unrest about economy and immigration and national debt and all kinds of impeachment garbage and a, a frenzied, frantic pace. How can you have peace at such a time as this? But you see, that's it. That, that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. It comes from a simple faith that knows Who is in that manger? It's God Himself. Immanuel, the with us God. God came to be with us so that God could be for us, for you and for me, a substitute and a savior. This child would grow up to be everything that I am not and do everything that I cannot. This child would grow up, and and nails and spear would pierce him through, and the cross he would bear for me, for you, because he would also bear an entire world's worth of guilt and grief and sin and shame. This child is just what God promised through Isaiah and Micah and David and all the rest. This child is just what John says, the light that scatters the darkness, the way, the truth, the life, the shepherd who came for a sheep and the lamb who laid down his life. What child is this? It's Jesus who came to save his people from their sins. I suppose it will be quite the scene this week, won't it? This place, these pews, will be packed. Packed with people who are hurting, just like you and I. Some have lost a loved one this year, some have catastrophic financial troubles. Some can't seem to shake the anxiety or the depression. Some are buried with guilt. Some just don't feel right right now. And yet here we will all gather together this week and we will run. We will run with the shepherds, even unto Bethlehem, to see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And there we will join Mary and Joseph to marvel at this manger because we know by faith what they know. This child is not some lucky charm. He's not some magic miracle man. He's not some earthly king or even just a sweet little baby. What child is this? It's Emmanuel. God who is with us. Jesus, our Savior. My friends, you know the answer To this question Why lies he there in such mean estate where oxen now are feeding? Good Christians fear, for sinners hear the silent word is pleading. Nails spear shall pierce him through, the cross he'll bear for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh. The babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come, peasant, come, king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let every heart enthrone him. Raise, raise your song on high as the virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy, for Christ is born. The babe, the son of Mary.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.